Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Hard-edged, hard-nosed, hard to beat. Where are you coming from in this one? Your 100% essential download. Jim White and Simon Jordan. You've let this get out of control. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Hi, everybody. Thanks for downloading Outspoken, the podcast that brings you the very best of our daily talk sports show. Arsenal took a stand against knife crime by donning an all-white kit for their FA Cup clash against Oxford United. So, does on-field messaging have a place in the game? And after Gareth Bale's retirement from football yesterday, Simon Jordan paid his own unique form of tribute. Last night, maybe predictably, and I don't mean that with any disrespect, Simon, Oxford couldn't really live with Arsenal. True. And Arsenal rise above Oxford uh, in the second half, 3-0. Fourth round FA Cup tie with Manchester City. But I wonder, Simon, when you check this out, Everton, Bournemouth, Forest, Palace, Brentford, Newcastle, yep. Chelsea and Villa all dumped out. Yep. Is this a year the fabled magic of the cup goes further than the third round? Well, I mean, you have to give context to some of these teams getting knocked out because they've been dumped out by the Premier League sides. So it's not as if we're seeing this great journey of cup killings that we've you know go back to the Herefords of the day and the ovals of their times um I am a major advocate for the FA Cup I'm a major advocate for the magic of it I think the third round draw is one of the most intriguing parts of the football calendar um I suspect that we are going to start seeing arguments about FA Cup replays because of the scheduling but I don't think to go to your question Mm. that teams now because of the disparity this is not West Ham in 1980 winning the FA Cup <laughs> against the against the backdrop of a better team they're playing against yeah. the disparity between the Premier League and the rest of the pyramid mm. is so vast the only way I see and I, I, I see the seed of the reasons behind the question if you get more Premier Leagues out in the third round you're more likely to have success because the more the tournament gets more meaningful and deeper the more their first teams turn up That's and, they, right. and they play more of their of their predominant Precisely. players but I still think yeah. you're likely to see an outcome being pretty much the same, which is a Premier League side winning the FA Cup. That might that might be, but I mean, eight Premier League clubs knocked out the that, FA Cup third yeah. round this weekend. That's yeah. the most at any stage of the competition since two thousand and seven. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how that I don't know how that rates against how many t- how many teams drew one another from the Premier League to make that statistic stand up or fall down. But what I do think is that you've still got some heavy hitters in there 
Uh, and, and if they are drawn, if yeah. we have a quirk of fate, yeah. and they are drawn in a sort of Gareth Southgate way, in terms of all the fortune falling in favour of the smaller clubs, <laughs> then you might find a big, uh, smaller club getting themselves into a meaningful part of the tournament. But I still think you're going to see yeah. the main names. And you've got teams in there that may well have a needs-must scenario because it would be really quite intriguing if Ten Hag were to put Man United inside the top four this season and meaningfully inside the top four yes. and win an FA Cup. People yeah. would start to write a story about Ten Hag that he's got to grips with Manchester United from the get-go. That's right. Fine enough, Sam, in 2007-8, that was the season, a team from outside the Premier League, Cardiff, yep. reached the final. Yep. Uh, I remember it well. I was there. I went with my old Sky chum, John Davis, uh, who was sad that the Welsh club did not win on the day. Uh, Simon, as we head to the break, I want to throw this at you. No more red. Arsenal last night wore an all-white kit as part of their initiative to tackle knife crime. Um, When I regularly travel around London, I I see the kids outside the the tube stations uh, raising funds to fight knife crime. Arsenal did their bit last night with their all-white kit. Does it go to show that despite your criticism, there's definitely room for on-field messaging in, in an unobtrusive way? Well, changing your kit and turning around and making a message. I mean, obviously, I'm assuming that they were able to do that by the very nature of the kit selection they've got. Otherwise, they couldn't do it because they've got to have, they've got to have registered kits to be able to do that. But I'm more motivated by people being able to... What would be more meaningful than a leading Arsenal player going into community centres and talking to the kids of this day that are carrying these knives, that have these attitudes and outlooks, and having some real investment rather than taking the easy path? I understand... I just can't help but suggest that when you open a Pandora's box for supporting one thing, you'll open it for another. And I do genuinely believe that sports clubs can have influence. I don't think it needs to be on the pitch. I think the pitch is a place of neutrality. It's a place of where people go to watch football and yeah. be disengaged from society. And there are other things from societal ails. And there are other aspects of how a football club can talk to the community about aspirational imagery and taking away... Yeah, but maybe from- they do that too. Well, but they don't. They don't. They you take, don't think the players no. go in and speak to, to kids well, in community centres well, about be, knife crime? I, I, well, not enough then, because I do think that ultimately there's more to be done to talk about societal levels. But again, I go back to the point, and it's not because I want to decry the value of how sport can be influential. It's because I believe that sports influence should be for people to want to participate in sport. I know, but not Simon, to let tell me just people give, about society. I, 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 I'm not going to push you on this, but I, I will mention this. Last night, as you know, producer Luke and I talk to each other each night about Sorry what about we're going to be talking yeah, about yeah, in the morning. Yeah. And I texted him and I said, Arsenal's kit, question mark. He came back with, no more red. This is why they're winning an all-white yeah. kit last night, tackling knife crime. It's, it's a statement, if you like. No, and I, I didn't it. know that myself. No, I get it. And I get the fact that the awareness of it... And, you know, it raises I, discussion. Well, it raises discussion, and so would other things. Again, I, I know that people will disagree with this, and we're going to all have different views on it. I really maintain the view that the football pitch is a place of neutrality. It's a place where people don't need to impart messages. They just need to make it about sport. I get the fact that we all seem to think in the media that sport can be saddled with the obligation... You're not of, saddling it with this. We, to we, fighting we, knife we, crime, we, it's an unobtrusive I, message. I understand that, but it's not just knife crime that comes next. Next next it's homeless, next it's... And I know that these are worthwhile... But what's well, wrong with that? Because I think that sport has to be for sport. We've just seen a World Cup where we did nothing for the first two weeks but listened to lectures about how appalling 
appalling and awful the Qataris are and what a despicable World Cup it was going to be and how everybody should be doing demonstrations. And when it came down to it, the footballers never had the balls to carry through because they didn't like the fact they were going to get a yellow card. So I do understand there's value in these messages, but I think the, the, the fact that you can use programmes, the fact that you've got very influential players that have got high levels of social media interaction that could be imparting this message without going near the pitch and then opening the box for everybody to say, well, I want to be on a pitch as well. I want to be on a okay. pitch as well. Look, I tell you what, we've gone early in this, but I'll do it. What do you think? I mean, Simon's saying the sports field should be a place and only a place of total neutrality. But last night, Arsenal wore this all-white kit as part of their initiative to tackle knife crime. Was it right to do it? Was it appropriate doing it? Does it go to show that despite criticism from the likes of Simon, and I mean that, Simon, you, you, and you offer constructive criticism on it, as you always do, there is definitely surely room for on-field messaging in an unobtrusive way like we saw last night. You want to give me a call on that? I mean, the knife crime figures, certainly in this part of the, the, the country, are dreadful. Welcome to the Coliseum of Confrontation. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Ladies and gentlemen, I just want to say thank you so much as always on this show, and I really mean this with sincerity, the reaction we get from you out there is everything to us. And this morning is no exception. We've just been talking, uh, just getting into the show really, uh, about Arsenal last night, not only beating Oxford in the FA Cup, but uh, also wearing this all-white kit last night as part of their initiative to tackle knife crime. And Simon and I have a difference of opinion on this, as we do on various things, but... From my point of view, surely there's definitely room for on-field messaging such as this in the unobtrusive way that Arsenal chose to do it. Simon, you would stick to, to, to your line that the sports field is a place and only a place of neutrality. I do. I do. I understand why people want to leverage it and I understand that people think that the influence that players or sports will have will encourage people to think differently. I don't think what's going to stop people from carrying knives is people wearing different kits. I think the Mayor of London doing his job properly and proper consequences and proper search and yeah, stop and search policies might be more prevalent. Yeah, but, but when you look at the statistics, and I'm coming to it, we're going to take some calls on this. Thank you so much to everybody. I mean, everybody who's calling in this morning. Simon, as, as I said, going into the break, the, the stats tell their own story. 11,500 knife offences recorded here in London between January and November in 2022. Yep. That represented an increase on the figures from January to November in 2021. No doubt. L last year, we saw the highest number of teenage murders in a year here in London since records began. Yeah, no, there's no doubt. Most of those murders involved knives. There's no doubt, there's no doubt that there's a challenge here, but there's, you know, if we look at the consequences for it, if we look at the, the the reasons why these situations are happening, the gangs that are carrying these knives, the motivations for it, the society that we're living in, and the consequences for it, are far more prevalent than watching a football club run around in a white kit. Oof. What's your take on it? Jonathan is a big Manchester United fan. Jonathan was one of many at the moment who's called 03717 Jonathan, Arsenal, where do you stand in them wearing the all-white kit last night as a demonstration that we need to do more to tackle knife crime? Good morning. Good morning, guys. Um, complete and pure tokenism that will do nothing to alleviate a serious problem in London. That's all it is, is tokenism. I'm completely against any political or statement like this, which isn't political on the football field, running around with flags. And the trouble with footballers, the World Cup, it was an embarrassment. I mean, yeah, we'll put on our armbands and Gary Lineker won't let us watch the opening ceremony. Tokenism. Don't go. And the minute they were going to book him, they took it off. But going back to Arsenal, if they want to stop and support knife crime in the capital, 
they need to get out and show these boys a different life. Maybe they do that, Jonathan, as well. well I'm quite sure they not, do. Yeah, but that's not the question. The question was about the shirts. If they do, fantastic. You know, these boys need to see that the way out of social deprivation is not being a bad man, not carrying a gun, not selling drugs. These footballers go there and show them this is a different life and get off the backside. I hope they do, Jim, but I don't know. But tokenism is tokenism. It's just not worth it. And unfortunately, these days, we're awash with tokenism. And if football wants to do something different, they need to get there get in front of the kids, show them a different life, not just wear another white shirt and forget I, about it. When well, that's what on. I've said. Here's Simon, Jonathan. But Are you as strong as Jonathan on well, this? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, Tokenism. I don't... Tokenism. Well, absolutely. I mean, I made the example that Jonathan has doubled down on about the players in the World Cup and their attitude towards actually putting some skin in the game and having some sacrifice. I'm willing to wager you, wager you, that the players don't go out to community centres on a regular basis and start imparting a more more positive societal message because that involves them having to give up their time. This doesn't do anything besides do the very bare minimum of putting a shirt on. I understand why the media latch upon it, but we need to look at the consequence, the cause and the effects. And whilst raising profile is one thing... It doesn't alter the parameters of the societal reaction to what is a very challenging set of circumstances, and I don't believe the players go out and do that. I don't. They might do individually every now and again, but I can tell you now, and Jonathan, we'd know about it, if these players were doing this, Arsenal would be crowing and telling us they were Jonathan, doing it. Jonathan, just before you go, Arsenal Ooh. tell us that this highlights four decades, 40 years of their work in the local community on this problem. Well, in my answer to Arsenal, that is, I'll just refer you back to when you mentioned the crime statistics the other day. I'm sure the board of Arsenal, the people of Arsenal, aren't cynical and have a good heart, but over the 40 years, look at the crime figures now and look at them 40 years ago. Jonathan, listen, thanks for, thanks for your time. I really appreciate your time and thanks for coming out. There are so many calls on this. Uh, let, let's see if we can get some balance on it. Elliot, a big Arsenal fan, do you back your boys for the, the all-white strip last night, Elliot? Hi, Jim uh, and Simon. 100%. Um, we actually wore the kit last year as well against Martin Forest when, unfortunately, they knocked us out of the FA Cup. Um, I'm a massive advocate of it. Uh, unfortunately, I lost my, my brother-in-law a few years back uh, to knife crime. And if we, weren't having, if we weren't wearing a white kit last night or last year, then we wouldn't be having this conversation now. Um, you know, I think it's, it's key to, 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 to be vocal uh, about what people believe in. Arsenal are very active in the community uh, with, with their charity work, as are a lot of other football clubs. I work with quite a few different football clubs uh, and their community uh, charities um, and uh, you know, as I said, I appreciate what Simon said about the World Cup. Um, that was on a, on a global scale. Um, but I think if Arsenal want to wear a white kit, a London club, who are very active in the community, then they have every right to do so. I, I would say, uh, and sorry for your loss, Elliot, I would say you, you feel extra proud to be an Arsenal fan when you see these boys last night wearing that kit. Would I be right? 100%, 100% as are a lot of other Arsenal fans. Um, you know, I, I speak to a lot of different Arsenal fans um, on, on, on Twitter, um, friends and family, uh, and when Arsenal uh, launched the white kit last season, we were all very, very proud of that. Elliot, thank you. Uh, Elliot, just... Just before Elliot goes, I don't know if he's gone or not. I mean, Simon, would you want to engage with Elliot? He's, well, he's, he's just told he's you from a personal point of view how proud it makes him because what, what happened to his family. And he's allowed to have that view. And I'm allowed to have an alternate view, which is that I don't believe and I understand the value of highlighting subject matter. 
I do believe there's an element of tokenism about it. I do understand Elliot's point of view, and Elliot will have more skin in the game because of the tragedy in his life. But I do believe that the pitch remains neutral. I do believe that football clubs can use their influence in the community, and I don't doubt Having been involved in football, football in the community schemes are very valuable, very much part of how the football club imparts an aspirational image on society. But I do believe that there are bigger fishes here that need to be dealt with, which is the inability for the societal challenges to be overcome by the consequences and punishments and the mechanisms deployed to try and stop this awful situation. And I don't think football clubs should be at the front of the queue to have to do that. Elliot, just before you go, we're talking about your club, right? We're talking about Arsenal. Yeah. And Arsenal tell us throughout 2022, they worked in the local area with Adidas their charity and uh, their charity partners to build on their support for young people by providing more high quality, safe spaces to play sport, access to trusted role models and to shine a light on the positive work being done across our community. Not only on the pitch last night at, at, at Oxford, uh, Elliot, they're out there doing it. They're out there doing it, aren't they? 100%. As are, as are other football clubs and, and a lot of other, other London football clubs. Absolutely. Kyan Prince. Yeah. Kyan Prince. Kyan Prince, sorry. You, you, you have a relationship with Crystal Palace, of course. We all know Crystal Palace have a big uh, charity community and are doing a lot as well. Um, so I think anything that is... And we're agreed on that. We're agreed on that, Elliot. Where we, where we, where we diverge is the use of the pitch uh, to impart messages. That's the only part of this agreement that we possibly have. I, yeah, Elliot, thank you for, but, for but, your call. Is he still there, Elliot? Sorry, I don't want to cut you off. One more point from you. On you go. All, all I was going to say is, I, I agree with what you're saying, Simon, but I think being having presence on the pitch uh, makes gives a wide audience to, 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 to give that message to, and I think that's a positive thing. Raising awareness for anything that can, can change for the positive, for the positive is, is a good thing. But the challenge is, Elliot... As you have quite, uh, as you've heard over the, over the years, this is not something that's getting better. It's something that's getting worse. So, as much as you're immersed in the community, as much as there's an energy, energy from people like yourself that see the benefit of it, the real issue isn't about football clubs being leveraged into positions to be able to motivate causes. In this instance, a very valid one. There are other ones that might not be so valid that people suggest should be on football pitches as well. And where do you draw the line between what one cause being worthy of something and another cause not? I do think you're right. Football clubs can have a part to play. I just maintain that football pitches are places of entertainment and neutrality for everything. And there are other ways for football clubs to influence people's thinking. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Download, stand well back, listen. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Good morning, everybody. Thank you so much for all the calls and all the messages uh, on that uh, discussion that we have just had. And no doubt on YouTube and Facebook, you're discussing the discussion. So we're happy enough about that. Arsenal winning an all-white kit last night as part of their initiative to tackle knife crime. Arsenal doing a lot in the community on that very subject. When it comes to contribution, if you like. My goodness, who could argue uh, at the incredible contribution that Gareth Bale made to football? And yesterday, Wales' most capped player and record goal scorer with 41 goals in 111 appearances for his country. Of course, what a player he was. Twice named Footballer of the Year at Tottenham, uh, then moved to Real Madrid for what was a then world record fee of more than £80 million in uh, September 2013. I remember that. I was there the night he flew out to uh, Madrid from Luton Airport. Um, His contribution has been incredible. What he has won is equally incredible. Uh, Three league titles and five Champions League titles, along with three Club World Cups in Madrid, three UEFA Super Cups and a Spanish Cup as well. What a career he had. And yesterday, he called time on that career as a player. His longtime agent, Jonathan Barnett, spoke uh, to Talk Sport about Bale's decision to retire and the legacy he leaves. I think he realised his body is not what it was and he didn't want to put himself through it anymore. I think when you when you reach a level that he's at, I think it's very important that you bow out at the right time. Let people have good memories of you. He, he doesn't need to do anything else. He's proved everything. He's got a list of achievements that are quite amazing. And I think he is the best player that Britain's ever produced. And I just think... Uh, it was right for him. Why carry on? He couldn't have produced that level anymore. I think we have a problem in Britain. We don't like to build people up. We only like to knock them down. So he got up to a certain point and then everybody criticised him. If you look at, for example, Christian Ronaldo, nobody in Portugal really, really not ever said bad things about him. Not that there is anything, but they always. But in Britain, that's the thing that we have to live with. I know Jonathan Barnett will probably be listening this morning. Mm. Is it true? We, we we don't like to build them up. Yeah, we like to knock them down. He's right in that respect. And I regularly say that, that there is a propensity in this country to whittle people down. But they didn't do it here. They did it in Spain. So what's his point there? Well, you've done it here. Yeah, I don't think... You're that, one of the knockers. No, I, I think Gareth Bale is a remarkable talent. Do I think he fulfilled all his talent? No, do I think that, that, that Gareth Bale had another 20% to give? Do I think it's a, tra- it's a, it's a tragedy that there's an element of half-empty glass about Gareth Bale in people's minds when it should never have been that way? Because if you look at his body of work, you know, I watched him almost... I think he made his debut against Palace and we were we were told at the time this kid was coming through and he hit a free kick from 30 yards to a goalkeeper in the back of the net. And, you know, and you saw the development of him. You saw him go to Spurs. He was the biggest transfer fee out of Spurs to Real Madrid. You know, he's been an absolute revelation for Wales, carried him on his shoulders through tournaments and into tournaments and he's won European Cups for... or Champions League for Real Madrid. 
So why is this the negative connotation? It doesn't emanate in this country. Jonathan Barnett's point is right about the propensity in this country to knock people down, build them up. But they didn't do it. They did it in Spain. In Spain, they were uncomfortable with him. There was allegations repeatedly and endlessly that his little mate Hal Robson Carno came in here and suggested that everyone was wrong in thinking, that he was well-received, that people did like him. He did immerse himself in the culture over in Spain. Yet when we were over there, we sat with people like Phil Kitchell and Melides, who spoke on behalf of Real Madrid and their perspective. And there was this feeling from the Madrilianos in Madrid that there wasn't his embracing of it. He did stand in front of flags and say, Wales first. Golf second and Real Madrid third. And I know that's probably a cocky and a schnook at some of the journos that wrote articles about him, but I do feel that Gareth Bell at 33 years of age is a sad that he's gone. Physically, probably inevitable because of the way that he was built and Messi and Ronaldo are built differently. But did you not go further than that? When he went back to Tottenham, did you say that he should be investigated by trading standards? Yeah, because he was rubbish. When he got back here. Well, that was a bit much, wasn't and, it? And also, he shouldn't have been allowed... He's one to... of the best ever. But but you've got to call it as it... Well, OK, you're as good as what you do next. You can't spend your entire life looking back at what someone's done. You've got to judge them in the here and now. If they're playing in the here and now and they've come over... I didn't say, all oh, the body of work he did at Real Madrid was rubbish. I didn't say the body of work that he's done full stop. I looked at that moment in time and said, if that's a player at the top of his game playing for a Premier League side, then he should be investigated by the trading standards because he's not doing his job. Now, they'll say, well, look at the goal record and look at the goals he scored against who he scored them against, right? Gareth Bale was a disappointment in that transfer move to Tottenham. And I said at the beginning, well, it's, all, it's all puff and stuff. It's all flash for cash. I'm not sure he'll add much value to Tottenham. And so he didn't. But look at his body of work. He's a remarkable player. Remarkable player. Mm. Mm. I, you know, I do think that there was an element of he was allowed to drift into a World Cup. Knowing how important he was, I do think there was a deep-seated unprofessionalism about allowing him to play non-competitive football in America, building up to a World Cup where he was the only output deal for Wells. The only way Wells could have done anything is if Gareth Bell was fit, and he wasn't. And he wasn't, and he didn't. And Jonathan Barnett is absolutely right. Is he Le- right that he's the best player no. ever to have come out of the UK? No, I don't think so. I think you, you can make a case for many people to have been one of the, to have been remarkable talents. You know, his is a career of longevity, fraught over the last five or six years with controversy about his relationship with Real Madrid. George Best, to me, is the best player that's ever graced a football pitch. Um, but again, George Best's career was very short and had very publicised problems. Paul Gascoigne, the same. We can talk about a lot of very talented players, but he's right up there. I mean, he's right list, up there. His list of honours, Simon, probably puts him yeah, way ahead of anybody else. Because he is played for Real Madrid. Because he yeah, played, for Real Madrid. played for Real Madrid. I mean, three league titles, five Champions League, five Champions League. Yeah, but he played, I for, mean, he played for Real Madrid. So there's a propensity for Real Madrid to win La Liga. Right, there's a propensity for them to feature in the European Cups, and of course, it's unarguable that his contributions to certain European Cups were possibly the reason why they won finals. But you've got to win about 13 other games before, or 12 other games before you get to a final. I think Gareth Bell is a remarkable player. I think he's achieved remarkable things. I think it's a, it's a sadness about the fact that people have a half-empty glass mentality towards him on his career. I, I do think he's a part contributor to that. But but the bottom, if you look at it in isolation and put aside personal views and just look at the body of work, it's a remarkable set of achievements. And of course, Jonathan Bennett will hark him. No one's ever got him as much commission, probably, uh, from any other industry, or any other player than Gareth Bell. And I do think Jonathan is right. He has now reached the end of the road. Leave people wanting more rather than less. And you are at the tipping point now. If Gareth Bell hung around playing MLS or turning up in Dubai yeah. to play football for big bags of money that he's already got, people would start to say... Well, we want less of him. And there was that. We know that he was a huge disappointment in the World Cup, not because he because he wanted to be, but because he wasn't fit. 
So do you respect him more now for calling time in his career at 33? Well, it depends what you think respect entails. Do I respect his career? I don't know him personally, so I can't tell you if I respect his values in life. Uh, well, I can a, tell he's you. He's a very is, quiet, is it... unassuming lad. I've met him on a number of occasions. Very quiet. But fine. You know, I don't think he's been. I don't think he's been wise in allowing things like the flag situation to be part of the of the shtick that people can hit him with because it's silly to have done that. That's just giving people an opportunity to 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 take a swipe at you. Do I respect him for his football career? Yeah. Do I think he wrung every last pip out of the a talent that he had? No, I don't. Do I think he could have done more? And Jonathan Barnett and his defence will say, "Well, what more could he have bloody done?" Well, at Real Madrid, what more could he have done? Dragged it well. Why are you... What, he couldn't have done any more than they did at Real Madrid. What he did was incredible. What, what he did at Real Madrid was for some reason, and Jonathan Barnett's analysis, and so far as Jonathan Barnett is particularly important, about the whittling down of his uh, of him as an individual in this country, but it didn't happen in this country. You're just annoyed that Barnett made a fortune out of him. I couldn't care less if Jonathan Barnett made... Yes, you are. I, I really couldn't. Jonathan Barnett is a football agent, and the football agents have a place, unfortunately, in football, and people have to be grown up about it. But the bottom line is is that, you know, the whittling down of Gareth Bell really wasn't done in this country. It picked up on what was happening in Spain. And the dismantling and the dissemination of the information about what was happening in Spain was via Spanish media. People in this country waxed lyrical about his remarkable achievements of dra dra dragging a second-rate nation into World Cups. So by the sounds of it, not that you're going to spend much time over it, how will you remember Gareth Bale, the player? Um... I think um, that he was a remarkable player um, at certain times in his career. I think he did remarkable things playing for Real Madrid. I think it's sad that he has some negative stigma attached to him. Um, I remember him in... I, I'm sorry people won't like to hear this. I remember him most recently in my most recent memories, and we're all guilty of this. Your recent memories will be the ones that are most prevalent at times because I didn't sit there watching Gareth Bell's career dawn till dusk. I watched him at Tottenham. And I thought, oh, great, well done you. What did you do? I watched him in the World Cup thinking, well, crying out loud, what a waste of time you were there. But, I also, but I also remember him for scoring absolutely phenomenal what, goals against Liverpool. And that's what you should be remembering him for, surely. Well, you can remember... Taxi for Mycon, that great run could, against yeah, Inter Absolutely, absolutely. It, it, I mean, when he did, when he torched that player that I, night, I remember the old White for, Hart for, Lane, for, 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 for the overhead kick for in the Champions League final haircut. against Liverpool. And you remember him? For having a ridiculous haircut. Oh, you can talk. That's true. I knew there was. Some, I knew I was on infertile ground there. And Wales, a second-rate nation. You had to get that in. Well, yeah. I mean, I could have said. I could have said third-rate like Scotland, but I didn't. I said second-rate. Oh, right. Upgraded them. Love it. Your one hundred percent essential download. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Thanks for listening to Outspoken. Don't forget to leave a five-star review and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. I'll be back tomorrow alongside one Danny Murphy. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.